Hello friends and welcome to episode one, season two of The Mother Maker, an auditory tune-in for the creative mother. And for those who don't know me, I'm Kat and I've made this podcast for those raising children and raising big visions, those birthing babies and birthing businesses, those dancing between the mother mystic and the mother maker, moving with the surges of creative living, the poetry of their own lives. The mother maker is for the artists the poets, the writers, the movers, the shakers, for the influencers, the speakers, the coaches, the energy workers, community creators and homemakers, for the designers, photographers, for the entrepreneurs, the business owners, for those who create and make intuitively, not as something they do, but because it's who they are alongside motherhood. In this episode, I chat about creativity as an entity as an energy that we are working with in our lives and creating boundaries and agreements and energetic contracts with that life force um, and how it relates to motherhood and our children and kind of I guess creating energetic contracts with them too I share a few stories of different ways that I've had to lean into trust with trusting the intuitive hits of creativity and that it would nourish my family financially, even when it didn't make sense beyond, you know, structures and skills of business, which are of course also important. But in this episode, we're just talking about more the energetic relationship with our creativity. Um, it's a very casual episode. I did actually have a interview lined up that fell through. So, um, I just kind of jumped on and had a chat. Nothing was really planned or organized. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, and we'll be back to the interviews next week. Lots of love. to Mother Maker, uh, episode one of season two. I work in seasons and surges creatively. So 10 episodes came out and then I stopped for a while and I'm really okay with that. But apologies to anyone who was expecting more consistency. It's probably not what you'll get from me at this stage of my life, but <laughs> I've made peace with it. These episodes will just come out when they're supposed to. Um, but each season I'll try and have a bit more consistency in releasing them as close to weekly as possible. So I had a interview lined up today that didn't come to fruition. So I am just here rolling with it and I'm just like, you know what, I'll just record anyway. And I don't really know fully what, um, this episode will be about, but I do know that I want to share some stories and I want to talk a bit about creativity as a mother and how creating and mothering is awfully similar um, and also creativity as intuition rather than something that we do, something that comes from the mind. It's definitely, in my opinion, something that comes from the body and from emotion and from heart and often beyond us as well. So I would love to talk about creativity as an entity, as an energy that we are working with and that we are creating a relationship 
too, right? It's, it is us, but it's also beyond us. And I guess for me, that relates really heavily with motherhood because when I think about motherhood, I think about when we are mothering, that is something that we are doing, right? We're making the lunches or we're changing nappies or we're dropping kids off at school or whatever mothering looks like for you. That is something that we do. And then what we are is a mother. It's, it's us, it is us, but it's also beyond us, right? It's this en- entity, energy, uh, essence that is moving through us uh, to mother our children. And so creativity for me, it's very, very similar to that. It's this energy that moves through us. And yes, it may come from us to some extent. It's moving through our filter, right? So our filter is our emotional body, our energy body, our um, beliefs, our conditioning, all of that. The mothering moves through those filters into our life. And so does creativity. It moves through our filters. So that's why for me personally, I believe that multiple people can get the same idea, the same download of a creative impulse, but it expresses differently through us all. And it's also why, you know, um, siblings can mother completely differently, different filters, different blueprints. And I guess that's why everyone mothers differently actually is, you know, mother is this essence that moves through us all and then gets, do you, do you guys remember, um, <laughs> sorry, quick, quick tangent, when you were a kid and you'd play with Play-Doh and um, I don't know if everyone calls it Play-Doh in Australia, we call it Play-Doh and you'd get the plastic kind of molds and you'd like squish the Play-Doh through and push it out. And these molds would maybe have like a star on the end or little holes on the end or a different shape. And as you'd push the Play-Doh through the Play-Doh would come out a different shape depending on the mold. And it's, I guess, kind of like that. I see motherhood and I see creativity like that. Play-Doh is Play-Doh, but as it comes through your filter, it comes out as a different shape for everybody. Um, and I love that. But it also for me, like I'm like, we're the, we're the filter, we're not the Play-Doh. And the Play-Doh is something that we can create a relationship with. Um, Play-Doh, of course, like tell me you're a mom without telling me you're a mom. Play-Doh is what we're, <laughs> we're talking about. Um, so my relationship with creativity Oh, let me think of some stories to share. So when I was about 18, 19, I remember getting this like hit of an idea to just like gather all my fave people in one space because I felt like I had, you know, beautiful friendships in all these different pockets of my life. And I wanted everyone to meet each other. I wanted everyone to uh, create relationships with each other because I knew like I was kind of like, you know, I what what's the word like it's like a dating app but for friends like that's kind of me in a nutshell I wanted to connect everybody together and so I made this group at the time it was called Shakti Support Squad um it's it's not really active at all anymore um but at the time that was like a thing and I gathered everyone in and it was just this split second idea to just be able to have a space where I could we could all share documentaries or resources that were assisting us on our personal growth journey. And it just grew. Like the intuitive hit was just make the group. So I trusted that I made the group and, you know, within a year it had thousands and thousands and thousands of people in it. And um, the energy was really beautiful in there and everyone was really helpful of each other, et cetera. And then, um, you know, I let that go when it needed to go, but 
that was probably my first relationship with acting on like a creative impulse that felt beyond myself, beyond, you know, someone saying, this is how you do business or this is how you do creativity or this is how you do something. And it was just like, I'm going to do this thing. There was no pressure around it. There was no pressure that it needed to make money or that it needed to be successful in any way. It was just in its purity and in its innocence. And therefore for me, it felt successful for a while. Um, And that was maybe my first experience with it. And then I remember, we're going to do a bit of story time today, I feel. So I remember I was working, I would have been maybe 20, 19 or 20. And I was working at a surf shop, living my best life working in the surf shop. Cause like my childhood dream was always to be like the surfy chick, you know, wearing the surfer necklaces and stuff. Like I am not a surfer. So anyway, I was in the surf shop and However, the boss was not a very, the boss had little integrity and not very good leadership skills. And so the only reason I enjoyed working there was because my best friend was also working there and we got to work together. And so it was fun. Um, But I definitely got to a point where I'm like, man, like I don't want to be trading, you know, my whole week for like little pay and not being treated very well and not being, you know, um, valued for my gifts that I bring. Like I... I was good with people, right? Like I would have chats with everybody and they would buy lots of things in the shop. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like none of this is aligning with my values because, you know, most of the products aren't even sustainable. And I feel like I'm just working for the man where I have all these gifts that I could be sharing, right? So I felt stuck in that moment. And I remember being like, okay, like I need to really have something going on. And so I sat in meditation And I had a meeting with creativity and what that looked like for me was I just put it out there and I was like, Hey, like I am ready to leave this job. I have so much I want to offer the world. I have skills and passion and knowledge and I want to share it, but I just don't even know what that would look like right now. And I have bills to pay. Right. So like it needed to be something that would be quick as well. And in that meditation, I just put it out and I got this real hit. Like you need to just jump and trust that you will be caught. And this is my first kind of closer relationship to intuition and creativity being very interwoven. It was as if I was being spoken to. And I was like, man, what like jump as in leave my job. And I had always been taught, like, don't just leave your job prematurely when you've got a side hustle and things, because, you know, like you're a lot more likely to create from a space of inspiration rather than that desperation when all of a sudden you've got a bill to pay and then you're trying to hustle in a way that doesn't feel aligned. I, I always had believed, you know, only jump when you feel really ready because then you can create with that ease and flow because you've got other resources coming in. You don't need to make any decisions that aren't aligned, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm getting this message saying you need to jump, leave the job and trust that it will work out. And I'm sitting there like, how the hell am I going to pay rent if I don't, like I had no savings, right? Like how am I going to pay rent? I'm literally week to week right now. And it doesn't make sense to me to leave this job right now. Like maybe I should work for another couple of months and save money and blah, 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 blah. And I just kept going into work and feeling this like dread in my body. I'm like, oh my God, I have to make this decision. But I can't make this decision from 
fear of going to work. I need to make peace with what this job has offered me and come into that space of gratitude and then jump from a place of excitement for what's next and, and make sure that I'm leaving it with like clean energy. So I was going to work. And I'm like, oh my God, this is terrifying. I need to quit. And I don't know what I'm going to do. So I wrote, well, actually, you know what I did? I wrote my boss an email. This is like a bit cringe for me now, but it's kind of funny. I wrote my boss an email with links to Simon Sinek's YouTube videos on leadership with integrity, because I really (laughs) wanted to go out with a bang. Um, And then I also wrote a letter to my creativity. And I said, Anna, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to jump. And I trust that you'll catch me and I trust the resources will come. And I trust that we will be caught and it will be more abundant than ever. It felt like by being in my job, I was blocking out any other opportunity for income and creativity and fulfillment. Right. And so I walk in, I quit And I walk out and I felt so liberated and also so scared because I was like, what are we going to do? And I went home. I think there was a day or two there that I just kind of sat around. I was like, what do I do now? Like with my time and energy and life. And then I went and sat in meditation again. I met with my creativity again. I said, hey, I did the thing. I did the thing. So what's up? Let's, um, Let's chat about how I'm going to pay my rent, but also just like what, what passion is moving through me right now. And I kid you not, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I yelled to Tully, babe, get me a pen. I need to write right now. And he grabbed me a pen and I just started scrolling out this whole um, four week workshop then and there pulling on all of these other aspects of my education that I'd known, my personal experiences. Uh, Some of you listening may have been a part of this. It was called The Creatress. And it just, it literally came through within 15 minutes. The whole entire course was on my table. And I was like, whoa, that was quick. Like that wasn't even a seed inside of me before. And now it's all here. And it felt beyond me. I didn't I didn't pull it out of my mind, like what would go here and what would go there and how would this fit here and what's the structure? It ju- I just let it come. And within maybe three or four days, the whole thing was ready to go and it was up. And I didn't expect that either, but it felt easy. Everything felt exciting. I was, you know, doing the branding and I was creating the links and the emails and everything very quickly. Um, and then I launched the creatress and literally within maybe a week and a half, I, I'm, how many women signed up? It would have been maybe 80, 80 or something like that. Like it was a lot. And I think it was about 30 grand as well. Um, that had come in in that week. And I was just like, my mind was blown, right. Gone from like $300 a week to or $400 a week working part-time um to 30 grand and women who were so excited to work with me and I felt so passionate and so excited and I was like oh wow like jump and I will be caught trust it's like a trustful right and so that was like maybe my first experience of 
really making a jump, being guided by intuitive creativity rather than head creativity, not thinking, what should my niche be? What makes sense? What are the boxes I need to tick in order to have a business? And to just be like, go into my intuition, go into my gut, be like, what's the next step? What's the most natural next step here? I'm open. I'm ready. I'm communicating. What's the next step? And so that was um, maybe my first big trust moment. That was when I was like, oh, wow, I can trust myself and I can trust my creativity to support me with resources. And part of that, um, and I don't think this was in this season of my communication with creativity, a little bit later, I really had to delve into boundaries and agreements with creativity and essentially creating like an energetic uh, contract with my creativity. And I know that this might sound like a little bit far-fetched for some of you, but I know some of you also really get it. Um, But creating an energetic contract where I'm like, okay, so if I'm going to show up for you, my vision, my ideas, my creativity, whatever you want to call it, if I'm going to show up for you, I need to know that you're going to show up for me. And I trust that this is like a mutual thing. Um, But I had to set boundaries, right? Like, okay, so my boundaries is that I need to know that I'm going to be making financial resources through this because I need to be able to nourish my, my family. And at the time my family was Tully and I, there was no baby yet. Um, I need to know that I'm able to then fund my bigger visions through this. Right. So that was one of my agreements and contract. Another one was that um, there would be clear communication. Like I needed to know that I would be having clear steps whether they be intuitively or not, clear steps to know what's next each time. And part of my agreement is I will show off every day. I will sit in meditation. I will write. I will connect into these visions every day and receive the guidance and I will act on it and I will not question it, even if it doesn't seem like it makes sense. Even if it um, feels really weird, I'll do it. I'll just do the thing. I'll just trust it, right? So that was like part of my contract with creativity and for example now as a mother I feel like it might be might be important to share kind of the energetic contract now I have with creativity so the contract now is my creativity and my visions will never require me to sacrifice my children in order to make them happen or for them to be able to receive from them but that, that isn't like a demand from me. And then creativity is like, oh, I guess, I guess we'll comply. It feels like this really nourishing relationship of, yeah, okay. Like my creativity wants me to thrive. It wants me to be able to look after my family. My ideas and my vision never wanted me to sacrifice myself for it. it. The whole point of the vision was so that we could get there in a nourishing way and it becomes a part of the pulse of my life. So um that's a big one also with creativity. Like I don't want ideas coming through at 3am in the morning. I need my sleep now. I need to know that when I'm with Rafi, I'm with Rafi. And when I'm in my creative mode, I'm in my creative mode and they don't interrupt each other too much. And part of that for me is I need to be able to create and carve out the space for my vision and for my creativity to breathe and give it the time of day. But then I also don't want to be just constantly thinking about it and not having space to just be present with Rafi without this like internal pull to be somewhere else. So part of the agreement is to be able to be present in both when I'm in both. Um, And I guess to some extent, it's important also to talk about my 
energetic agreements with my children and this feeling of, okay, Rafi, like I, and I don't necessarily always speak this to him. I totally could. Um, but it just, it's in our like energy field, right? It's like this expectation that there are times where I'm going to go and have my energy and my creativeness, my creative projects, my whatever. And it never takes away from him. And I'm just going to be present in that. And he will always be safe and always be loved and probably be playing with somebody that he really loves. And then when I'm back with him, I will be present with him. And so I feel like these energetic agreements are important because it sets like the standard for our creativity in some ways. And it also creates a trust and a self-trust and then a safety for us to receive our creativity because I probably wouldn't feel safe opening up to ideas and impulses if they were going to come hot and fast whenever, all the time. And I'd feel these surges to act on them and I couldn't be present with Rafi. Like I would just probably shut it all down for a little bit because I need the space. So what these agreements do is create that safety to then feel like you can open to creativity. And so that can be done in like a meditation. You can write a letter, you can do it however feels true for you and also feels um, valuable for you. Feel makes it feel real. Um, I'm definitely a letter writer. I write letters to my future children and to my ideas and to my vision all the time. That's like, for me, that's what feels best. But for some people, maybe you're more visual. Maybe you just feel a lot. Maybe you don't feel like you need to do a letter at all. And you just like can set the standard within your body. And that's that, that's all good. Um, another experience I had was, um, so some of you may have done Tully and my Ignite course, which was our couples course that we used to run. Um, and we loved it. Like so loved doing couples work. Uh, we were doing couples retreats, the online course, which was 10 weeks, um, one-on-one stuff. Like it was, it was a really beautiful period of our lives. So when we were doing that, when we first began, um, we had a night together where we just wanted to connect in ceremony and we had candles lit and we had no distractions and our phones were off and we were just there in the energy with each other. And I remember clear as day, we, we got this hit to, it was a very similar thing to the creatures where I was like, babe, get me a pen. And so we got a pen, we got a big book and we just drew out this huge, like I call them heart storms, but essentially it's like a mind map. And it was, we designed uh, our first retreat and what we felt it very intuitively, the structure needed to be. And it wasn't like a, what do you think would go here? And what do you think would go here? And what would be good here? It was very much a, I just had this knowing like, this needs to go here. This needs to go here. This is how this structure, this is how this leads to here. And it just all came out because we set the space. We invited it in. We trusted that it would come and we were open to receiving it all. And that whole retreat was designed probably within 20 minutes. And we didn't have the finer details yet. Like that would come, but we looked at each other and we we're just like, holy shit, did that all just come through right now? Like that's nuts. So let's do it. Let's just do it. And we set up the first retreat and it didn't sell. No tickets sold. There was interest, but nothing sold. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what do we do? do? Do we trust this? Because like it all came through strong and with passion. And it was like, we need to do this. It felt beyond us. 
Um, and it felt very nourishing and very fulfilling and exciting. And, but then no tickets sold. And I'm like, well, this isn't what happened last time. Like last time the idea was more than willing to nourish, nourish us like financially as well. And I was confused and I was like, well, Hmm, let's like feel into this. So we canceled that retreat that was in the November and we went away on a trip. Um, and then we came back and we reset the date for March. I think it was. And in that time we also got engaged. So energetically for Tully and I, something shifted and it was really beautiful to witness that shift in our energy, but it like brought everything together completely differently. And so then we re put the exact same retreat out and it sold out like almost immediately. Um, and it was amazing. Cause we were just like, Holy moly. Like it was literally a shift of date. Like we tried to kind of rush it out in November and it didn't feel completely right. We went and got engaged. We let go of it. We just let it be what it was going to be. And then reset it for the March, which felt really exciting and really good. And we also, during that time had found the perfect retreat space. Um, and I felt like all of these pieces had to come together. Right. So for me, that was this lesson in, in um, trusting the vision, even when it doesn't look like it's working. Um, Cause we'd got the idea. It didn't sell like, what what's missing. And there were a few pieces that were still yet to reveal themselves. We needed the right space. We needed to, possibly we needed to be engaged. I don't know if that was a necessity, but for us in our energy, it was really important. Um, and then everything just lined up perfectly. We sold out a couple of retreats and then our online course came, which was essentially just an extension of the retreats um, minus some of the embodiment work, because sometimes that's difficult to do it online. And our online course went really, really well. Like that um, fully provided for our family financially throughout our pregnancy, throughout birth, postpartum. Um, and then there was time for a pivot again, right? And this is something that I've had to really learn how to work with really well as these pivots, because <clears throat> I can get really, you know, attached to an idea and think, okay, this is the thing. And I've really come to learn that I'm probably not going to be the sort of person that sticks to one career for my whole life or one theme or one niche or one brand. Like I'm very open to changing and moving and swaying with what's required of me. And so, you know, I'll, I'll show up for a vision until it kind of feels like it comes to a closure and comes to an end. And that's what happened with our couple stuff. I became a mom and my energy wasn't in the couple stuff anymore. And I loved it and I appreciated it. And I had a really amazing time and we met so many amazing people. And then it was time for that chapter to close for now in that form and shift into something new for me. And for Tully, he is still so passionate about the couple stuff. Like he's in the working on a couples program now that he'll just be running himself. And it's, it's evolved a lot since Ignite. Like it'll be quite different, but um, he's like, you know, that's always been part of his Dharma is relationships and communication and stuff. So he's totally going to keep doing that. But I knew I needed to step back and trust that. And that was intuitive, right? It's like, your time is done. That's okay. Make peace with it and step back. And it again, didn't make sense because this had been financially providing for us for, you know, three years or so, like really well. And I didn't have a backup income stream 
at that time. So I'm like, okay, like we just got to trust that now it's done and we can create space for something new, something different. Um, And so something else I would love to share is that, oh, let me feel, let me feel into it. Yeah, when, when we're like rendezvous with these creative visions, we have to like get into that space of trusting that the next step is always what like our intuition comes in and says, hey, this is what's next. And to trust it and to trust it and to trust it and to sit with our vision and our intuitive creativity. And for me, often that it would come to me in the form of like a person. So um, when I did creatress, I would sit in meditation and she would come and sit in front of me and she'd have this like crazy red hair and she'd wear green and she was this young, like maiden energy and like magical. And that's who I would communicate with. And then with Ignite, um, well, actually Ignite wasn't the entity, Living in Love was the brand. And she felt like in some ways, like a mother energy, but for relating and for relationship. And it was just really beautiful the way that I communicated with her because it felt like Tully had really clear communication with her too. And so sometimes it kind of felt, I guess, a bit like an energetic threesome. <laughs> like not necessarily sexually but like this real relationship with this entity this living and living in love and she was um yeah really beautiful and there was always little confirmations that were in communication so you know I remember I was buying a gift for somebody and like it it was kind of an expensive gift and I was like oh babe I don't know if we should like you know this is a lot for a gift and I remember just this, this feeling came over me again. It's like, check your, check your bank account. And I looked at in our bank account and it was the exact, the, like the exact number that this gift was to the cent, to the cent. It was like something weird cents, like 49 cents or something as well. Um, and it was like these little confirmations, like, oh yeah, like living in love is nourishing us. Like she wants this for us as well. And it was just these perfect I don't know if that even made sense, but there was these perfect little synchronicities all the way. So boundaries are important when we're talking with our business, our creative ideas. So if you're an artist and you're wanting to paint, like talk to your, whether it be your inner painter or this entity that moves through you as to your ideas that you want to paint, like see it as separate from yourself, even if it's coming from yourself. Like, even if you feel like you identify very clearly with your creativity and you're like, "Mm, no, it's not coming through me. Like it's definitely me. It's like, I'm coming up with these ideas. Great. Cool. Like there's no right or wrong. However you want to relate to your creativity that feels good and feels nourishing and feels exciting. Go for it. Um, I found it really helpful to separate myself from it because then I felt like I got out of my own way because when it's coming from me, then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I need to move through my mental blocks with this, my belief systems, what I believe I do or don't deserve as an artist. Um, I need to work with the starving artist and whether I, you know, if this idea comes from me, then it's tied with my self-worth. Am I good enough, worthy enough to make this successful for, for people to want this from me, for me to receive financially from my ideas. When it came from beyond me, I got out of my own way. I was like, well, 
I need to trust the vision. This isn't me. It's not about me. It's about the vision. So if the vision says, do this and do this, I'm just going to go and do this and do this. And then just trust that also the vision wants me to feel um, nourished by this, that I deserve to be financially um, wealthy from this, that I deserve to feel really fulfilled from this, that I and not even about being deserving of it because we always are. It's just, I got out of my own way. And cause I was like, well, it's happening. Like the vision said it's happening. So it's happening. And that was really helpful for me. So you may find to create a idea of your vision or your ideas, you know, as a physical form separate from you that you can then visit in meditation or in your dreams or in conversation, writing your letters to them, whatever, and feeling this physical relationship to it as a separate from you. And even if that's just like a hypothetical idea, but it resonates with you, I think it's important um, just from a psychological perspective to like whatever works, go for it type of thing. So that really worked well for me. And it created a lot of freedom in my body when I was connecting with creativity because yeah, like I said, it felt like it was allowed to be outrageous because it wasn't just coming from me. And and maybe my next steps is to give it the space to just come from me and, and claim the outrageousness as me rather than as something that's come to me. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but like everyone's next step is going to be unique for them, right? So just feeling into your intuition and and what's also helpful is refining our relationship with our intuition. When you become a mom, my God, your instincts and your intuition are just like, they are on. Like you can't, you can't be second guessing yourself as a mother. Like it can literally be the difference between thriving and struggling. If we're questioning our guidance as mothers, especially for our children. And like, there's so much talk around, like, don't let anybody tell you how to do motherhood. Like, you know, your child best, you are attuned to your child and your family unit. You you're the one who knows. And of course there's moments where we may need, um, you know, like advice or guidance outside of ourselves, but we would only ever go to someone that we fully trust and aligns with our values. Right. So creativity is the same. Only, you know, your relationship to your creativity and only, you know, what feels right. And also you only, you know, the communication with it. So really creating space where you can be refining your intuition. And if you want to feel more refined in your intuition with creativity and your ideas and your next steps in your business, et cetera, then that requires, like, you can't just turn it off here and turn it off over here. It requires us to be honoring and listening to that in other areas of our life as well, in our motherhood, in the way that we like eat our food, right? Like, are you attuned to your body in the way of what it needs to eat to feel nourished and alive and pivoting when necessary? Um, It requires us to use our intuition in our relationships with our friends and with our community and with our work and with our finances and with our relationships with our partner. Like it's an all or nothing type of thing. Um, And so... I also really believe that like our children need us to be creative and they need us to be in that energy because it helps us feel alive and it helps us. uh, Like, I, I don't believe our children come in and say, okay, well, I'm here now, mom. So you need to stop everything. You need to stop being creative and stop 
doing your work or doing your business or being fulfilled by anything other than me. Our children never come in and say that. And we can say that to ourselves because we get taught and conditioned to believe that to be a good mum, we should only be mum and to be um, a good mum, we should have nothing else on our plate other than our children um, and that they should be the only thing that's worthy of our time and energy. Um, otherwise, you know, we're not focused as a mom, et cetera. Or the opposite where we need to have absolutely everything on our plate and juggle absolutely everything and not falter in that to be a good mom. And tuning into our children and their essence is very similar to tuning into our creativity and our intuition and, and knowing that like we can be communicating with our children's higher selves and their essence and their you know, their real innermost pure, innocent being, we can be in communication with that all the time. And when we listen carefully, like Rafi as a little boy with wants and needs and, you know, his developing like mental development and his ego and his will, of course he wants mom all the time. And of course he wants to play and he wants to play Bob the Builder and he doesn't want to eat that lunch and he wants something different and blah, 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 right? Like we're going to be human and we're going to have a very human relationship with our children. And also when I tune into his essence and his spirit and his soul and that little baby that, you know, I connected with my whole pregnancy with him and preconception with him, that child always told me that we would have everything we ever need. And that he would bring resources too, like don't worry type of thing. You know, when those fears come up of how am I going to, you know, are we going to be able to provide for our family in the ways that we hope to, et cetera. So he always just made me feel so trusting that he would come alongside everything else. And now that he is here, I can sometimes get caught up in my head of, okay, I need to be like a human mom, right? Like I need to do the mom things and I need to, um, make sure that all of his needs are met, et cetera. But when I tune into his essence and I tune into my essence and how like our souls actually dance and intertwine, I feel so safe and so trusting of, of course, like he's come in and alongside him, I have transformed and I am a very different person now to who I was when I did do the couples work and ignite and the couples retreats. And I am a different person to who I was when I ran the creatress and like he has initiated this next transition alongside my creativity because if my creativity is moving through my filter of who I am and if it's the play-doh and he has changed me he has changed me as a filter and as a mold for everything else to move through and therefore what I produce and create in the world now is going to be very different and when I have another child the same will happen and so like of course, we motherhood and him and my creativity and stuff is all so interwoven and it all feeds off each other and creates each other. And he is therefore um, a massive component in what I will create in the world one day soon. So even this mother maker, like that wasn't ever going to be a thing pre-motherhood, obviously. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to have a chat today about really you know intuition as art and intuition as creativity and that if you're getting ideas or impulses that feel important to you trust it if you are feeling like you've got this gut feeling that you need to pivot 
or this gut feeling like you need to take this next step, but it doesn't really make sense. Trust it. Um, If you're feeling this uh, tension between motherhood and your creative endeavors, create an energetic agreement contract so that you can feel safe to be in both so that you can feel um, like you have the time and energy and resources for both. And if, if you need, like some people feel like in order to be a true artist, all they need is the fulfillment that comes from creating art. That might be you. Um, for me, sometimes that's the case, especially when it comes to like writing, like you'll probably notice that I put a lot of content out on social media for nothing in return. Um, I right now don't make any money through social media. Um, and the money I've, all the money I've ever made through social media has been through my own creations. I've, um, I am literally right now in the middle of my first ever affiliate partnership with social media, like, well, not through like with a friend, but using social media as the uh, promotion of that. I've never done a paid affiliate for products or anything on social media before. So um, most of my work through social media, my poetry, the stuff I write, the reels, the, you know, insights and stuff, all of that has always been because I felt fulfilled from it because it just feels good. That's it. However, I am definitely at a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I want um, to make money through my creativity. And that's part of my agreement with creativity because I, in order for me to take the time and the energy away from my family, I need to know that it's creating resources so that I can then nourish my family. And that's part of my agreement right now. And it may not always be like maybe in five years, I'll be like, no, I'm just cool to just like, you know, give away things again and just be in my creativity for myself. And there's always moments of that. Like even now I'll still write for myself and there's aspects of creativity. And a lot of my private creativity is within the home. How do I want to create a space? How, you know, even just like building Rafi as play area or a little food garden or building a cubby house, like all of those things for me are where my creativity is private but where it's public, I want my creativity to be nourished financially because that's something that's important to me and it's part of my agreement. So really reflecting on what you want your agreement agreements to be with your creative endeavors. And if you feel blocked or stuck with receiving financially from your creativity, my personal advice right now would be to separate yourself from it and you know, really start connecting with the entity of your business or your vision or what it is you're creating and have it separate from yourself so that you can then be in conversation to it and it can then share with you next steps and you can then take action right like and it's not a you're in service to it beyond anything else and that you will sacrifice everything for it it's more of this relationship right so what do you both need you both meaning you and your entity of your creativity what's needed for both to feel nourished it will probably need you to show up in certain ways and you probably need to be able to show up in structured ways so that you feel like it doesn't take away from the rest of your life so really sitting with that and taking the time like you you'll notice a difference um but yeah so guys I think I'm going to leave it there next week oh my gosh we get to talk to Melissa and Brasini some of you may be connected with her um in the social media space or or beyond but I'm very excited that is 
uh, my first affiliate with her. And uh, most of you know that I am very, very passionate about motherhood and pregnancy and postpartum and conscious conception. And sometimes I feel like maybe I should do more podcasts around like those sorts of things, but then I'm like, how does it relate to mother maker? But I guess at the end of the day, all of it is always intertwined. And um, also this is my podcast, so I can kind of talk about what I want. Right. So yeah, I'm doing an affiliate with her, just obviously full transparency with it. How it looks is um, she'll be having a a course coming out and it's really amazing. And again, like I said, this is my first one. And the reason it's my first one is because I don't want to partner with anything that doesn't feel like a full yes in my body. Um, so Mel is a friend of mine and she is also very devoted to well-being and never does things in halves. So if you're doing anything with Mel, you know you're getting like the highest standard. Um, and Mel, not only does she have a lot to share and knowledge and wisdom, but she also um, is connected to some really amazing experts leading in the worlds of fertility, conscious conception, uh, orgasmic birth, pregnancy, slow postpartum, postpartum nourishment, like doing all of this differently. And um, some of you may have seen the video I did on Instagram, but like most, um, most of my conversations around birth, postpartum, pregnancy, motherhood, the rite of passage, uh, the initiation into motherhood, all of that is like laced with um, intention and consciousness around these things. And I forget that they aren't always readily accessible conversations for people to be having. I forget not everyone um, knows even what a doula is or that private midwife could be an option or home birth is an option or free birth is an option or that you can actually advocate for an empowered birth at a hospital and that you have a lot of choice as the mother and yeah, all of these things. So I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you. It's starting with a free workshop. And then for those of you who want to deep dive into like the really juicy information, that'll be an option for you as well. Um, and just know that I promote things that I feel really aligned with. And I know that these sorts of conversations I've always been so grateful for, especially before I even had Rafi, um, because it shaped my whole experience of birth and motherhood and postpartum so far. And I can't actually imagine what my experience of motherhood would have been like had I not been exposed to these sorts of conversations. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to bring it all to you. More details will come out probably next week with that episode. Um, but for now, I hope you enjoyed just the chat that we had today. Very casual, um, but I'm sure you probably got a thing or two out of it for your own um, journey with being a mother maker. So lots of love, beautiful people. Thank you for listening. And I will get into the interviews and not just the solo casts ASAP. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Da, 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 da,